There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's brilliant to be back with you again for another week and another great guest today in Stephen Gould. I'm really can't wait to talk to Stephen uh, today. We're, we're old friends. We've known each other for a long time. And uh, I think we're going to talk about today something quite remarkable, which uh, really binds kindness and innovation and transformation together. Um, I'd like to also say a big thank you to my guest last week. We had Celine Morin. She was talking about really about uh, looking after ourselves and being our own uh, chief energy officer and uh, looking after our health. She's a, a, a background of being a dietitian, um, but also is a great speaker and is helping lots of people with their health. She has a little system called the Wellculator, which is quite cool with some key points that you can look at and measure yourself in terms of your, your health and diet and, and fitness and uh, found that quite inspiring last week and uh, also have gone and done that Wellculator myself on her website. Um, so um, I've also today been doing a little bit of work looking back at the interview with Tom Campbell the week before, Tom being the ex-NASA physicist and scientist, the author of My Big Toe, My Big Picture Theory of Everything. So um, we've had some fascinating conversations, that one being about consciousness and reality, and um, I can't wait for the part uh, two with Tom in another month's time. But over to today's interview, and my guest today is Stephen Gould, and Stephen is the Managing Director of Everard's Brewery in the UK. And uh, Stephen and his team have been delivering an incredible family values-driven legacy. Uh, it's, and what they've created um, is, a, is a beautiful new office and craft uh, brewery complex um, called Everard's Meadows. And on it, thousands of Leicestershire people who were a few weeks ago completely locked down are now enjoying the freedom of walking and cycling, picnicking. There's a cafe there, there's bike hire, there's cycle trails, uh, courtesy of 70 acres of private land, which... Everards have transformed specifically for public recreation and environmental diverse biodiversity, which I think is very cool in these times, you know, when the world, we need to be looking after the planet more uh, and we need, uh, I think, more kindness in, in challenging times. Um, Everards have been really doing that. And together with their tenants and employees, they've been collectively navigating the challenges of COVID through kindness, common purpose, and innovation. So I hope wherever you're listening around the world, and we're accessed every month now in over 50 countries, I hope that what you can do is sort of draw some wisdom from today's conversation and think about actually how, how could you utilize kindness even more in the way that you do business? Uh, how could you utilize it to help you um, be, be even more innovative in the work that you do? Now, I've known Stephen as a friend and a client now. I think, it's, I think it's about 20 years. I'll ask him a minute since we met. And over that time, I can honestly say that I've really admired his leadership, which I think is very progressive. And he's had a great impact on an industry, which when, certainly when he joined it was, was quite traditional, really, um, that of brewing and uh, running tenancies. And in 
2019, he was recognized as one of the 50 leading lights in kindness and leadership in the UK, which I think is really uh, quite cool. So we're going to talk about kindness and, uh, and vision and bringing people closer together to deliver transformational value uh, through, I think, being a bit more sort of heart-centered. So, Stephen, great, great to have you back on the show again. Great to be back, Chris, and thank you for such a lovely introduction. You're very, you're very, very welcome. And uh, yeah, and, and um, how, how are you? It's been, it's been seven years since we last did an interview. I can't believe it. 20th of September, 2013. I know. When I saw that note, I, I, if you'd asked me the question before you sent it, I would have said three or four years. But um, no, the seven years has gone by very quickly. But, but thankfully, as uh, friends and colleagues, we've maintained a contact, Chris. But it's great to be on your show again. You're really welcome. And, you, and you're, still, you're still the Managing Director at Everard's Brewery. You've been doing that for 15 years now. And I know in that time, the company's won Pub Group of the Year four times. I remember you, you've not, you, don't, you don't mention this in your bio, but you won Executive of the Year one of those years. Tell, tell us a bit about um, Everard's and you know, why they're more than just a brewery. Yes, well, um, Everard's is a family company. And it was um, founded by a, a Victorian entrepreneur, really, called William Everard in 1849. So it's over 170 years old. And today, uh, our chairman, Richard Everard, is the fifth generation of the family that leads the business. And um, the sixth generation, um, Charlotte and Julian, are also members of the board and in due course Julian will succeed Richard as chairman and I think what makes that family so special is why they own the company while they own the company um, in terms of shareholding etc um, they wouldn't see themselves as owners they see themselves as custodians so they set the tone of wanting to continue to write really good chapters on their watch in order then to hand over to the next generation. And I think there's something very pure and healthy about that. Um, uh, a business like any business has to make a profitability and make real worth. But I think it's how one goes about doing that, Chris. And that's what makes the family special because, and the company special because it's driven by those family values which are enduring and therefore attract partners and new relationships all the time. So whilst we're very proud brewers and pub operators, we see ourselves as a little bit more than that. Mm. And, and I mean, you, you must feel, you know, you're not a family member, are you? Um, not, no, you know, no. wh uh, why, why, why is there not a family member in the role that you're doing? And, and uh, you know, do you still almost feel like part of this Everard's family uh, as a as an employee, yes, um, it's a good question. Um, I think it's probably about seventy, eighty years ago. Um, the family recruited the first non-family managing director, and at the same time, they introduced a policy that in any one generation, there can only be one member of the family on the board in an executive capacity, and. That was done for several reasons. Of course, over time, that, that results in uh, the equity remaining quite concentrated, which is a, a good thing, rather than fragmented. Um, 
but also the, the family have always been very pragmatic that um, you know if Richard was with me today he would say that the family would be very lucky to um, have children that could take on the managing director's role and in many instances that wouldn't be the right thing to do so um, and the family also have a view that um, if you like a government of all the talents is a healthy thing led by the family anchored by real family values but with professional management to come in and help um, but what I've found over the years, Chris, is that the professional management that do come in and support have to hold those family values close to their hearts too. So whilst I mentioned that the Everard's family are custodians, I think the very best of Everard's employees also act and behave like custodians. So you become inextricably linked to something much, much bigger. And I, and I guess, uh, you know, that, that decision to only have one Everard's family member on the board means you've got lots of lots of independence uh, in terms of thought and diversity does that yeah that? It, it makes a big difference Chris um, um, there are voices around the board that can contribute new ideas fresh thinking innovation challenges and the way our board operates is it's very much uh, at the highest levels of governance so we are listening to each other, challenging each other, and always looking to see how we can develop the company further. And um, that's very, very healthy and a credit to the family, really, in terms of how they've chosen to run the business over many, many years. And what's so lovely now with Charlotte and Julian, Richard's children, I say children, they're both now in their early 30s, but they're both now non-executive directors on the board, they have been for three years. They've been listening and learning and contributing in this time of change, and which, of course, is wonderful training and development for that next generation, the sixth generation. Yeah, yeah, and just just help us to you know understand what is the business. You 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 brew some you brew beer, um, and we, you have we, yeah yeah we do we uh, um, we brew beer. Um, uh, for the UK market primarily, and um, we'll come on to it later, no doubt. But we um, we sold our old brewery site three years ago, and we're building a new brewery right now. Uh, and we also have 170 pubs um, across the Midlands, and they're operated. I guess your audience would recognise a franchise model, so they're operated as franchises. So Everard's own the freehold of those pubs. And we work with independent business owners who choose to run their business in a building which we own. So we're inextricably linked to 170 franchises, really, and around three and a half thousand people working in those franchises, in those pubs. Um, and we also have lots of other interests in property, uh, commercial property, residential and land. So... It's a business that's anchored by property with a specific interest in pubs and brewing. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that you have, you have brewery in the name still. Is that correct? Is we that do. We do. Um, we've been quite nomadic over the years, Chris, with our brewing. I think this is our fifth brewery in 170 <laughs> years. But nevertheless, um, we've remained committed to brewing 
We think it's very much part of our DNA and character. And of course, lots of the beers that we brew, we sell directly into our pub estate, which is, you know, a very neat way of vertically integrating. Hmm. I think, uh, I think it's about 20 years since we met. It is. It yeah. is. I remember, I remember being contacted saying there's this new chap who's been working at Mars and he's joined a procurement division as a senior leader and uh, he'd like to meet you, Stephen. So uh, that, that chap was Chris Cooper and we, uh, we went out for lunch, that canal side pub, if you remember, about 20 years ago. And um, it was great to hear your story at the time, Chris, and uh, we've maintained contact ever since. It's funny, isn't it, it uh, that we that we met in a pub as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, as, every, as every good relationship should start in that way. It's a good idea. I remember it well. And, and obviously, I've, I've got a little bit of inside information because I've worked with you for a number of years on various sort of projects from, from um, now and again. And I also remember the last time I interviewed you, you asked me uh, about this sort of idea of business elevation. And you in, asked, afterwards in, in, invited me to come and talk about that with your team and then and then i'll never forget this you you asked me to come for a meeting and we had that meeting at your house which i'd never been to before and i was sworn to secrecy and you shared a concept with me which was called everard's meadows and i can remember just being completely and utterly engrossed in this and and it's also was even more exciting with it being only seven miles from my my home uh and uh yeah, and then and then I, I helped you a little bit towards um, that project as well. And I wonder if you could just tell us, you know, what were those ambitious secret plans, and how have they emerged today from thought into reality? And you've got about four minutes, so we'll we'll continue after the break. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, thank you. Focus is the mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we we had a office and brewery site in um, in Leicester. Uh, in Leicestershire, and we we took a view that um, the brewery that we had was way too big for our needs, Chris. So, if you like, it was a factory that was just just too large. So, we wanted to relocate and build a smaller brewery. And I think the story of Everard's Meadows is, if you're going through any kind of change as a company, how can you make change plus plus plus? rather than just a straightforward change. So a straightforward change would be close the big brewery and open a smaller brewery. But a change plus, plus, plus comes back to Everard's Meadows. So Everard's Meadows um, was actually a piece of land that the company had owned since 1979, 90 acres of land. And um, it had never been developed. It had sat dormant for a number of years and was protected under planning laws to remain dormant. And we created a vision as a team that said, how can we relocate that brewery? But whilst we're at it, do something much bigger and more ambitious and more connected to our sense of purpose. And that's manifested itself, as you alluded to in your introduction, to the relocation of a brewery but a 10,000 square foot cycling store selling electric bikes, a wonderful cafe. Um, the next stage will be the development of buildings connected to well-being, connected to education and research and development. 
and also we've opened a 70 acre public park and laid two and a half kilometers of pedestrianized tracks and cycle tracks we've built a bridge over the river at the top end of the park which connects to the national the uk national cycling network and so business elevation back to where where your expertise lies is connected to everard's meadows we've gone much further than a standard relocation in an attempt to delight our communities and really share at an even greater level what the Everard's purpose and values is all about, which is a proud brewing history, connection to pubs, but something much larger, something about relationship with communities, with a connection to biodiversity and education. And I think effectively we've gone into space that we didn't think we could walk into, but we've done it with a combination of confidence and humility. And the reaction from all audiences has been utterly tremendous. And uh, we're so excited about the years that lie ahead. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, I was quite excited a couple of weeks ago with a friend I go cycling with who just said to me, oh, I've been down to Everard's Meadows. Have you ever been down there? It's absolutely amazing. So you can go down there and I took the kids down there and we were all cycling and we had a had a, a nice cup of coffee and they've got a great cycling store. And so I had a wry smile on my face at the time, um, knowing a little bit more than he, he kind of realized. Um, but it is, I'm getting that from from people in the local community who are, you know, openly having that conversation with me and, uh, and sharing their experience of it, which... Uh, which is fantastic. So the, on, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break now, and we'll talk more about that after the, after the break and what we've learned. And I also want to talk a bit about how, how your company, Stephen, and your tenants and your employees have all come together and have really kind of you know, supported each other through this very challenging time, because a lot of companies probably would put a halt to something that you're doing, and you're continuing that investment. And uh, even though we're going through unusual times and I, I just want to explore that a bit more and see why you're doing that and what you've learned and uh, your, your, your thoughts and ideas that other people can learn from. So we're back again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. It comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Stephen Gould, and we're talking about kindness transforms. We're talking about this wonderful story, which is which is close to my heart, actually, uh, Everard's Meadows. Firstly, because I'm thoroughly enjoying going down there, and and also because uh, I remember, you know, these early conversations. Uh, you know, we always say that in in life, things first start in thought, and eventually they become reality. And I've had the opportunity to go through that journey uh, to some extent with this, and. Uh, is there anything else you want to say say about this? Because I, I only gave you four minutes before the break, Stephen. Yes, yes. It's, um, it's been that, quite a project, it, you know, it hasn't it? It has been quite a project. And as you say, Chris, it's one thing having a collective idea. It's another thing making it a reality. And um, a few years ago, I, I decided that we needed to set up a team of of all the talents, really, which, of course, included people from within Everard's, but also people from uh, a broader network who could add ideas and thought leadership, uh, making, attempting to make that vision a reality. And uh, what was lovely is that one of those leaders was your good self. And um, I've always been a great believer in getting the right people around the table who have the right set of values and let nature take its course in terms of outcomes. And what I mean by that is um, when we were sharing the vision six years ago, um, it didn't necessarily include a 10,000 square foot cycling centre with cycling tracks. We knew we wanted to do something over and above a standard brewing brewery relocation. And I think, you know, I'm a huge believer in serendipity and giving people the opportunity to share their thoughts and ideas and, I always remember, Chris, it'd be about 2016, um, you contacted me and said, um, I know this company over in uh, East Leicestershire, in the Rutland area, um, called Rutland Cycling, and they seem really progressive, Stephen. Um, I think you should meet them. They're a family company also, and they seem to share a similar ethos to Everard's. So um, with your characteristic humility, you introduced them to us, and they were just fantastic. And they've very much been uh, an anchor partner at Everard's Meadows. They opened the store in 2019. Um, sales have been fantastic. If anything, due to COVID, um, they've far exceeded their expectations uh, because people are now really embracing cycling. Um, but of course, that then led on to the two and a half kilometers of cycle tracks and the connections to the cycling strategy that is being led by Leicester City Council. And I think that's just a, a good example, I hope, of serendipity because no 
managing director, certainly not me, no managing director or leadership team have a monopoly of good ideas. I think it's so important to attract people that you trust to come and sit around the table and contribute their ideas. And uh, in that way, it creates its own form of legacy. So uh, an opportunity live to thank you, Chris, for everything that you've done in terms of contributing to Everard's Meadows becoming a reality. Thank, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think what you know, I, I saw in the way that you were leading that project and and the team as well that you, you know, you were. It, this was this was something new for you, wasn't it? It's not something that you you do every day. So um, what you did do is you were very diligent in you know looking out outwards in terms of what everybody else was doing. And, and you sent me on some lovely little trips. Actually, I think I went to I went over to see Diageo in Ireland and. Uh, and up to Scotland, and I uh, went over to um, see uh, Heineken, have a look at what they were doing in, in Amsterdam, and sort of brought some of those ideas, ideas sort of back. But then what you then did is you, you made it your own, and you, uh, you, you know, utilised what's at the heart of, of Everard's in terms of you know, kindness and, 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 and tradition, but with ambition and progressive thinking, and you've, you've, you've turned this into, into your own um, and, and create something very unique. Um, but is um is this idea of kindness? Is it is it is it kindness, or is it more of um, an enlightened form of business common sense? Um, good question. I, I, I think it's both. Um, in the you know we all read lots of articles that the robots are coming, um, which is if you like classical intelligence um kindness is a subset for me the way i look at it is it's a subset of emotional intelligence and uh, you and your listeners will will have read lots about that but i think that area will continue to grow in the months and years ahead and you know what is emotional intelligence about well to a degree it is common sense because a team or an individual with emotional intelligence will listen before they speak, will pay respect to whoever they come into contact with, will tend to be confidently humble. So that, that lovely mix of the two um, will certainly be curious and won't just look at a linear business strategy. They will, that kind of person, that kind of team will look at what is the purpose of the organization? So if the organization didn't exist, would it really matter? Um, and I think purpose, top trump strategy every time, mm -hmm. because I think purpose sits alongside emotional intelligence and, and kindness is one of the key attributes to it. So I see, I see kindness and common sense being uh, very much cousins and... Um, I see traditional business management as losing its momentum fast, probably accelerated further by COVID, because I think communities now want to see businesses that are inextricably engaged with and in the community, not just transacting with it. Yeah. And I guess the likes of social media as well has been you know, had an had a impact on the world and that people can respond very quickly, can't they, about how they feel about things, much so than they used to be able to. 
They, they, they can, and um, um, it's a force for good, in my view, social media. And at the margins, it can be a little bit um, frustrating at times, but it's a force for good on the whole. And I think it, it's a great democratizer because people are sharing their voices and sharing their ideas. And if you turn away from those voices, ultimately you become, as an organization, and indeed as an individual, very insular. And we talk, mentioned there about COVID, and obviously the world's been, is going through massive disruption with COVID, and many firms need to adapt. There's um, you know, firms who are cutting back. And also we've got this backdrop of we're facing environmental catastrophes unfolding if we don't uh, uh, get to, to grips with climate change and biodiversity. But Everard are investing and they're pressing ahead when you know, many in the business world might be, might be cutting back on expenditure. Um, why are you doing that right now? I think it roots right back to earlier in our conversation about the family's mindset. So the family as custodians, by their nature, they are long-term in their thinking. And when we have, you know, Richard and I have a great relationship, my chairman and I, and the conversations we have are framed in the context of 10, 15, 20 years hence. And that was stimulating conversations, as you can imagine, Chris. But if you are long-term in your thinking, then an event and... Uh, this pandemic is certainly an event, shouldn't actually blow a company's purpose off course or blow a vision off course. If anything, it will accelerate it and challenge it. And as a company, we need, need to adapt and think about how we deal with the pandemic. And we have been doing that in terms of organic crisis management. But as we've been doing that over this last six months, at no stage has it been to the detriment of active weekly discussions about innovation, growth and development. So it would be, um, it would run counter to our thinking to stop that investment because by its nature, that would be short term. And I guess this is a really good lesson for people, isn't it? Uh, who may have businesses that you know, haven't been running since 1849 is that, uh, you know, through, since 1849, your, your business will have seen all sorts of opportunities, all sorts of challenges and ups and downs in terms of the, the economy. And, uh, and you're still here and you're still, you know, still doing well and you're making a, a big impact in this uh, region and, and beyond. Um, so, yeah, th- thinking a bit more long term and holding the faith and the belief makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Um, and to keep, keep moving things forward. Now, I'm interested to know, you know how your employees and tenants have responded to Everard's Meadows, which, um, which represents quite a big cultural shift from a, a traditional brewer and tenancy operator to having this magnificent developing site with uh, the public very engaged in it now uh, and, uh, and all the things that are about to come. So you know, how, how's that you know, being perceived and taken? Well, I think with our, with our employees... Um, They've pulled my leg lots over the years, Chris. Because, um, <laughs> as, as some of your listeners will know, if you've gone through any major applications for property planning, it always takes longer than you think. So 
they've always pulled my leg over the years when I've said it won't be long before we receive permission for Everard's Meadows. And they'll have said, yeah, sure, Stephen, we'll see you at the next conference and we'll ask the same question. <laughs> um, and they've been great because um, it has taken, you know, six or seven years to get to where we are. And they've been characteristically patient, but also in a strange way it's helped because we've been able to share gradually the unfolding vision over that time. And I think if you can share gradually, sometimes it helps people to navigate change because, as, a, as you say, it's a business that marries tradition with ambition and it's a family company. And those, and those um, employees that have joined us have joined a family and therefore they need to be guided through change. And, and I guess uh, the timeframes to secure planning have, have assisted that. And, it's, and they've become key partners in the process, um, which is wonderful. And they, it's interesting, when I've received lots of feedback through chats with our home team, and what they say is that they love being connected to a company that has a tradition, that has that family custodianship, but they can see that they're in a company that's looking forward. And people like that. They don't want to stand still. They want to feel as though they're moving forward both personally and professionally within their, the company that they work with. Um, so that's been very positive. Um, our business owners, our tenants, um, again, they've pulled my leg as well. I've had my leg pulled several times the last few years, Chris, really, but <laughs> they've pulled my leg because, of course, we were communicating about closing our brewery site and selling that on for retail development. And there was a feeling that, well, would Everard's ever rebuild a brewery? Do you really need to rebuild a brewery, Everard's? Once you've closed one, I bet you won't open one. And in a way, I could understand what they're saying because if you just look at the pure economics, it is probably cheaper to just go and buy beer in the marketplace and sell that beer through our pub estate and not have a brewery. But whenever I share with people who I work for, I say Everard's Brewery, and we talk about pubs, but they mainly want to talk about beer. People love talking about different styles of beer. In other words, if we didn't have a brewery, we would lose our character and our personality. So it plays an economic role. It's never going to be the prime economic role, but it's an enabler for so many other parts of the group. So our business owners and our employees have been and are part of the conversation. And so this isn't a, a, a closed leadership vision that, you know, is secretly beavering away in the corner and then will produce something fabulous like Everard's Meadows. I hope that all of our key audiences, like our employees and business owners, feel part of it and feel invested in it, which is, which is important, of course, for its um, sustainability. Mm. I guess it's an opportunity to kind of, uh, we've refreshed the culture in some ways, uh, you know, by having having something new, hasn't it? It just that, uh, creating something new that's different, that's innovative and creative and thought provoking. You know that. You know, I wonder if that will create a culture in your business that will will continue to be innovative in its uh, in its outlook and its and its its way of way of being. Yes, I I I think it will act. 
as a um, catalyst for continued change and innovation, Chris. I think it's a very good point. And I know that Julian, who Richard's son, who will succeed Richard in due course, um, really wants us to continue to embrace innovation. And that's where the tradition and ambition piece comes in. Because strategically, if you look at the area where Everard's operates, brewing and pubs in the UK, you know, Mr. Porter would say it's a mature industry and mature industries don't tend to grow. So if you are in that mature quadrant, it's how you flip it and actually move it to more of a business with a startup mentality, with a mentality that armed with the right behaviours, you can actually go out there and innovate and build new relationships. And then that creates a vibrancy that everybody connects to. So that's very much the intention, Chris. I think it's interesting when we, you were on the show last time, seven years ago, I think we were talking about white space and in a mature yeah. industry, you're, you're identifying areas, you know, you were helping, helping pubs to create their own little mini breweries and things like that, which was, you know, quite leading edge at that, uh, at that point in time. And, uh, you know, since then you've continued that field, that field and you've, so you've created something quite differently and, in a, in a very big field, a series of fields. Yeah, quite a big field, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to commercial break again now, but after the commercial break, I, I know that your, well, your employees and your, and your tenants have really you've been helping each other during this, uh, this period of time, uh, which I'm sure you know, mirrors you know, your purpose as a business and, uh, and sort of kindness. I'm sort of just interested to talk a little bit about that after the break, and then we'll t- talk about um, some of the, the things that you did around um, around you know, overcoming blockages in the project. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take it from there. But we'll back again with you all in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, just Chris Cooper. I'm with Stephen Gould. We're talking about kindness, kindness transforms, and uh, we're talking about this project Everard's Meadows. And 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 Stephen, I I when we I was arranging this, 
with your your uh, lovely uh, PA with uh, Julie, she was telling me about how um, your tenants and some of your employees have been have been coming together collectively to support each other through uh, through COVID. While you know pubs are closing, there's been lockdowns. It's been a very tough period, and I just wonder if you've got anything to share about that. Yes, uh, yeah, lot, lot lost to share, Chris. Um, it's very much work in progress, as you know, with COVID. But um, if we go back to March, um, uh, when we went through the UK lockdown, um, I shared on video with our licensees, our tenants, and with our employees, um, what was going to happen next, in our view. And we had three objectives. And those objectives stand firm six months later. The first one was whatever we do as a community, a community of employees and a community of licensees, let's place health, safety and welfare as number one for obvious reasons. But let's actively move forward in those areas. And as we do that, let's stay close to our communities. And I'll share a one or two thoughts in a moment on that in terms of our licensees work. Um, secondly was um, an objective to um, retain all of our talented licensees and at the same time attract new licensees. Um, our licensees run pubs, um, Chris, that are small to medium-sized businesses. So I wanted to give a message very early that on the journey we would be there alongside them, supporting them, to ensure that they come out the other side as stronger businesses with a stronger relationship still with Everard's. Um, and last but not least, there was a objective around emerging from COVID with a stronger Everard's in every sense. And so quite ambitious objectives that we've continued to share stories on and communicate with our employees and our licensees over the last six months and it's just been uh, tremendous and humbling to see what's happened we've established um, lots of different webinars where licensees have been sharing ideas with each other every day throughout the day sharing their hopes their worries their fears our business support package has been communicated directly on video to our licensees who have then been given the opportunity to share what they think amongst themselves. They've done wonderful things, as I touched on a moment ago, with and through their communities. So licensees have set up takeaway shops, have supported the elderly in their communities um, who have been lonely and isolated and frightened. They've played a critical role in that. They've supported their employees during periods of not being at work. And, and indeed, the Everards family have contributed time and money, £50,000 back in April, to Age Concern for Leicestershire and Rutland. Because, um, you know, as we all know, uh, the elderly have been really impacted by COVID and uh, we've connected very closely with the elderly in Leicestershire and Rutland, both our pubs and also Everard's. And then our employees, we, we've set up a closed Facebook page. They've been sharing ideas, worries, concerns with each other throughout. We've been 
communicating relentlessly with them. And we had to furlough about, uh, we had 73 employees, direct employees, and we had to furlough just over 50 of those um, back in April. And it's amazing what some of those individuals have done. They've, they've supported Leicestershire Cares with their local community initiatives. Uh, there's one lady who's been working very closely at a, a COVID testing centre because it was something that she was wanted to do, she was called to do. And we, uh, we've stayed as a vibrant community, but the Stronger Everard's piece, number three of those, those three objectives, that's where innovation comes in. So we set up um, a team with our business owners and with the Everard's home team looking at innovation, how we can keep improving, what new ideas we've got. And you mentioned Julie, my, my wonderful assistant who keeps me on track. Um, she's right now working on a project, leading a project to make a paperless Everard's. So as we move forward, everything will be stored in the cloud and um, we'll become more efficient with our processes. And Julie's leading that as a piece of innovation during a period of a national pandemic. So I think one does have to spin both plates, organic crisis management and progressive innovation. Mm. So also with that, you're, you're moving the sort of sustainability agenda forward as well. Very much so. Um, we did some work as a, as a team, as you know, Chris, because you supported us um, a few years ago looking at, okay, we know what our strategy is, but what's our purpose? I was mentioning earlier about, you know, if we didn't exist, would it really matter? Um, which sounds a bit philosophical and um, dreamy, but actually it's rooted in, in my view, how a business should look at itself and look at its future. What is its purpose? And we saw our purpose as building relationships with business owners, so business owners running pubs, but could be other things as well, like cycle centres, building relationships with business owners and communities. By its nature, that purpose is an out, it calls for us to be outward looking, not inward looking. And it also means that as we look outward, we don't have the fixed plan. We don't necessarily know exactly what we're going to do. But if we build relationships armed with our values and our approach, opportunities and developments will naturally arise. So we, we invite our employees and our licensees to continue to do that. Look outward in order to then fuel innovation. Looking inward very rarely results in innovation. And I'm pleased. I'm pleased you mentioned that because it was on my, my mind. You mentioned purpose earlier, and I was going to ask you what that was. So, you've clearly got a very outward-looking um, purpose. And I think having having observed you in action and uh, and observed uh, your your, your, um, your very your fabulous uh, chairman Richard, and I've, I've enjoyed uh, seeing you both uh, working together and and the rest of the team. One of the things I've observed is is your ability to see project timings clearly in your head now we've we've said this before i've always thought you should write a book on this because i think you've uh, you, you you really do that really really well but also the other thing that i think you do really well is that you engage with parties and communities which is your outlook looking bit and 
you help them to discover the genuine genuine benefits in something from for them and i i think you're a master at it so to tell me what what tips can you give to other leaders in doing this and moving forward positive projects when when blockages might arise because you have one or two of those as well to deal with during we this had, yes, yes we've, we've certainly had a few blockages chris <laughs> <laughs> um yeah good question um I'll probably attempt to answer it first by stepping away from, if you like, a business framework. And if in life, you, in life, most people have a story to share. And I also think in life, most people have hopes and ambitions, but they also have worries and concerns and anxieties. And I think that's always been the case and probably always will be. Um, but also in life, I think people really like having proper relationships because proper relationships by their nature are always anchored by trust. They, those relationships, they don't say, I trust you. It, it goes much deeper than that. It's implicit. But if you take that bubble of hopes, anxieties, storytelling, fear, and a desire for relationship, and then move that bubble into a business arena, then my tip is that there's no daylight between the two. So in other words, any business can engage with people, but as it engages with people, Rather than the business, in inverted commas, going first with their statement, their transaction, their idea, effectively coach and facilitate the people that you're with. Ask them what's, what their hopes are for whatever they're doing. Ask them what their worries might be. Explore whether there are opportunities for shared visions and shared understandings. Because without that, ultimately, I'm presenting an idea that I'm imposing on an audience. And nobody really likes that. Mm. So my tip is, uh, I say to my three kids lots, um, you've got two ears and one mouth, which means that strictly you should listen more than you speak. Um, and I think there's something in that in terms of relationship building, because it's a great joy in any walk of life, when you feel as though you've been listened to, when you feel as though you've been heard, and by its nature, that builds relationships. And again, back to the philosophical bit, it sounds, of course, it's got to do with the P&L account. I think it's got everything to do with the P&L account and everything to do with growing a business because if you build those relationships, it creates innovations, it creates productivity, and it creates new, fresh thinking which is the lifeblood of any company. Mm. And I was seeing that listening. Um, actually, we're getting close to close. Um, I was seeing that listening, a kind, kindness in that, uh, you know, that ability to, to listen. And what you're saying is that there's a, you know, it's a, there's a hard skill in that, that it leads to bottom line results. So it's not just about being a nice person, being kind. It actually bring that into your, into your, into your being and, uh, and seek that and, and find out about others and what their stresses and strains and pressures and worries are and listen to them. And ultimately that can lead to, uh, you know, 
to transformation and uh, and amazing results. I think that's right, and uh, you know, I have a perspective there as well, Chris. That uh, leaders in society, not just business leaders, anybody in a leadership position, whether they admit it or not, in a quiet moment, feel very vulnerable because they haven't got all the ideas. Now, if anything, during this period of COVID, that vulnerability will be heightened. And my story, my team's story, is one of effectively bringing that vulnerability to life and saying, yeah, we've got a few ideas, but we, we haven't got all the ideas. And we are a bit worried about what's going to happen next. Well, if you have got those vulnerabilities, what do you do? You have to go outward. You have to work with people that can help you overcome those vulnerabilities. But a leader that presents those vulnerabilities and shares them is probably, in my, in my experience and also my perception, the stronger leader. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think you're right, that, that, that area of vulnerability and being prepared to, to be open about, about your own challenges as well with people. Yeah. People resonate with that and they realise that you're, you're like them. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've got um, just a, a sort of a minute, really, until I need to kind of wrap up. I wonder if you've got any sort of final messages that you'd like to leave us with. Well, I think a final message would be in any walk of life, we all feel vulnerable right now. Uh, we all feel challenged, uh, both within our families and our communities and maybe in our businesses. And I guess my message is uh, have hope, Look ahead, look outward, um, and look into the future and start really engaging with people and communities that can become part of your team. And with that, it builds a strength and ultimately builds a, a fresh next stage when we move throughout the remainder of this pandemic and beyond it. I do think it's people-centric and is probably anchored by community and uh, and kindness. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I always enjoy our conversations. I think it's a wonderful case study as to how kindness transforms, and and uh, I'm very very proud of what you've achieved at uh, at Everard's. Um, and uh, I know that you were going to be recruiting quite a few people going forward for that new development, and uh, I think they're going to be in good hands. I think uh, you're going to have lots of applications, I would imagine, and I hope that some of those get to listen to this and just get a sense of who you are as a company and what Richard and, and the family and, uh, and, and yourself and the, your team and your, and your tenants, uh, you know, what, you've, what you're creating together and how you're supporting each other. So a big thank you, Stephen, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, Chris, and, uh, and thank you for all your uh, listeners uh, engaging with everything that you do. Um, both in your show and, and more broadly in your company. Thank you. A pleasure. And, and to find out more, if you want to find out more about um, Everard's, go to everards.co.uk. And also you can find out uh, as, uh, about a little bit about Everard's Meadows by visiting everardsmeadows.co.uk. There's a little bit online about that. I'm sure that will expand as um, Everard's Meadows develops and grows. Um, you know, take a take a good look at that and gain a sense of what's what's been achieved and what is be, uh, being achieved as that develops. So on next week's show, we have uh, Farron Drury, uh, Farron uh, MBE. Um, Farron is a 
a war hero who's um, also had, had vulnerabilities in his life, and he's, uh, he turned that around and is now a huge inspiration to many, many people about, around uh, their own um, sort of development. And we're going to talk about um, you know, being, being the best that you can be. Um, we'll talk about five key principles that Farron has developed and, uh, and shares from various different platforms um, that have helped many, many people to, to move forward and be, make a big difference in, in the world right now. So we're back again with you again next week. Big thank you to Stephen Gould and, uh, and Everards. And uh, I wish you all well. Any questions, comments, thoughts, please do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I so love to hear from you. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.